stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark. How are you? I hope Hopefully, I can refer to you as uh, Clark Nation. It's been a little bit of a challenge moving my show, uh, not from Voice America's perspective, but from my perspective. I've moved it, obviously, from Tuesday two-hour format to Monday one-hour format. Because I always try to be transparent, I actually teach public speaking at a university on Monday nights, three hours. It's a wonderful class. I'm so proud of it. I've been teaching at the university level now for 10 years at the MBA level and whatever, College of Humanities, College of Communications. So I have older students back who are CEOs working on their MBA all the way down to 18, 19 year olds. And we have these wonderful discussions, you know, about the freedom of speech and are we brave enough to go online and say something that we believe, even though it's not the popular thing at the moment or in vogue with most of the news channels as they cover different events in our country? And it's been very exciting for me because I've changed my format to one hour so that we can really focus in on usually just one, maximum two guests. It's still the art of significance, achieving the level beyond success. But I want to focus in on legends of public speaking and legends of music and legends of entrepreneurship where we can you know, drill a little deeper and ask them some questions that would help us with the takeaway so that when the show is over and you want to you want to reach out and, and, and get it on demand as a podcast and share it with your friends and other listeners, that you'll actually have some step-by-step processes or at least an inspirational story that will help you move forward. Today's guest is Jeff Whiteley, and you're going to be fascinated by him as a musician uh, who used to be a street musician in Paris, if you can believe it. I can't wait to pick his brain and find out how he's morphed into this amazing um, human being and, uh, and, and how he's organized this amazing band, if you will, who performs hundreds of concerts a year, if you will. But until we bring him on, I just want to give you some takeaway. Uh, with the death, the recent death of Billy Graham, I blogged this story, and I wanted to bring it up belly to belly, voice of America style, so that you can hear it from me and not just read it on my website, danclark.com. Billy Graham, as he passed away, he's one of only just a handful of civilians who ever had his body lay uh, in in in, in laid laid, it, laid in. I can't even think of the word. Uh, anyway, he was in the in the Capitol rotunda, rotunda. Yeah, I teach public speaking. Capitol rotunda in Washington D.C. Um, for people 
from all races, all genders, all political parties to pay their respects. And it reminded me of a story that I heard firsthand from a magnificent, buxom, sassy, sexy, bombshell actress by the name of Jane Russell. If you want a a great experience to find out what a real great dame, a grand dame, the old Hollywood royalty was really like, Google Jane Russell. One of her most famous movies was Men Prefer Blondes, where she co-starred with Marilyn Monroe. And I had an opportunity many years ago to host the Kenny Loggins Unity Shop Telethon in Santa Barbara, California. And we were on the air for 12 hours. We raised $725,000 for this amazing cause. And as a host, uh, our studio guests included Jeff Bridges and Kevin Costner and Rob Lowe and David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, who performed a couple of tunes, and the first ever uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, Cheryl Teagues. What an amazing human being. She is beautiful on the inside and obviously on the out. And Andy Granatelli, the old STP racing guru, a philanthropist. It was a magnificent experience. And after that 12 hours on the air, we hosted a thank you dinner at the San Ysidro Ranch, incidentally, where President JFK uh, had his honeymoon, a magnificent, elegant place. And at dinner, I was seated next to this amazing, legendary actress, Jane Russell. And as we talked, and she was an elderly woman at the time, she passed away at age 89 just a few years ago. So she was obviously in her 70s. And as we were you know, going through the social grace pleasantries of a formal dinner, I said when she found out that I was an author and a public speaker, she welcomed my question when I said, Miss Russell, what is who, not what, who is the most influential person that you have ever had in your life? And without even thinking about it, she said, the Reverend Billy Graham. And I said, what do you mean? And she's kind of leans in and I snuggled up to get the full scoop. And with that twinkle in her eye, she said, you know, I'm not the, the fiery bombshell that my public image has portrayed. She said, I'm a devout Christian because of Billy Graham and that for decades she had held Bible study classes in her home. And curiosity just took over and I just said, please explain. And she said, in the 1940s, Obviously, Billy Graham was touring Europe and the United States as part of a, a Youth for Christ ministry. And he was obscure, and he was an itinerant preacher. No one knew his name, and he was just convicted to his beliefs. And he was obviously passionate about his delivery communication systems and style. And he came into Los Angeles, California in 1949 and scheduled a three-week series that he called Christ in Greater Los Angeles. And he, you know, he pitched a tent in a, in a parking lot and he had scheduled this revival for three weeks. 
And I said, really, so how did you hear about Billy Graham? And Miss Russell said that William Randolph Hearst, the world's most powerful and famous and successful publishing mogul who owned, you know, the Los Angeles Times and and papers in Washington, D.C. and New York and the London Times. He had multiple, multiple national newspapers and national publications, national magazines. And he had a couple of sons, one of whom was one whom was one one of which was kind of a worldly wild guy, as you can imagine, born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And he heard about this Billy Graham revival evangelical sermon at the tent and attended and immediately came home to the castle and reported to his father, William Randolph Hearst, that this preacher had changed his life forever and skeptical as he could be, as he would be, as I would be. William Randolph uh, Hearst, he just smiled and said, I'm good for you. I'm glad. But it turns out his son returned night after night after night. And William Randolph Hearst started recognizing these permanent changes in his son's life. And he had never seen him so happy and so healthy in years. And so out of curiosity, as this three-week revival series was coming to an end, William Randolph Hearst showed up at the tent in a wheelchair, incognito, in a disguise with his uh, mistress, the famous actress, Marion Davies. And apparently, as Ms. Russell continued, apparently Billy Graham's message and his delivery style impacted William Randolph Hearst to the point that the very next day he sent out a two-word memo to every single one of his editors of every single one of the William Randolph Hearst chain of newspapers, magazines, and publications. And that two-line memo simply said, Puff Graham. In our words, that means promote and push and feature on the front page a story about this young, powerful preacher by the name of Billy Graham. That was 1949. And because of that experience, because of that two-line memo, Miss Jane Russell explained, Billy Graham extended his three-week revival to an eight-week revival, adding another five weeks, packing the tent, and actually forcing them to increase the size of the tent with thousands waiting outside listening to the broadcast. And overnight, Billy Graham became an international religious figure figure. So in the world of music in which I I reside a little bit as a songwriter going back and forth to Nashville many, many, many times a year, maybe every five to six weeks over the course of my songwriting career, I have heard the the, the version of this story from an artist's perspective, from a songwriter's perspective. Guaranteed, my friends, there are artists, recording artists, and songwriters today, right now as as we're on the air, behind closed doors in Nashville, in Los Angeles, in New York, in London, England, anywhere where they're doing their best to have a hit song and to sign a recording contract, there are people behind closed doors using that term, who's 
puffing and pushing Graham. You see, as a songwriter, if you get your song on the right album of with the right artist, you're you're successful overnight. And now all the folks, all the artists who are in the studios across the world will seek you out as a hit songwriter to help them become more famous and more successful in their career. And if you're a recording artist and someone is pushing you, meaning that they can get you as an opening act for a huge audience, and in our words in the music industry, so you can steal the audience that's already been assembled, go out on stage and sing your four to five songs, dazzle the crowd, sell thousands and maybe millions of downloads, you really can become a superstar overnight. So who's pushing Graham? Who's puffing Graham? Who is pushing and puffing you? As we get ready to go to break and bring um, my guest on, what we need to understand are the three things that Billy Graham has taught all of us about sales and marketing. Number one, we need an inside champion. We need somebody who believes in us, who can connect us with the right people at the right time in the right place. It's, it's, the, it's the gatekeeper. It's the administrative assistant in an office who works for someone who controls the calendar. If you want to get into a gated community, obviously, if you're not invited by a resident You need to have a trusting relationship and real friendship with the security guard who's in charge of who comes and who goes. We need an inside champion. Number two, once we have created that relationship with the inside champion, with that gatekeeper, and he or she has really introduced us to the mover and shaker, what we have to do is bring something to the table where that mover and shaker will will refer us to the group who will get the rest of the group to invite us in because they know that we have the ability physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, socially to help everybody take themselves to the next level. And the third thing that Billy Graham teaches us about sales and marketing, we really do need to become the most eloquent, the most elegant, the most polished communicators that we can possibly be who are convicted to our beliefs and who are focused uh, and relentless on our passionate purpose and message. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, the influencers channel. And we're going to go to a commercial break. We'll be back in a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. 
Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You're listening to The Art of Significance featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. And hopefully you have had time for this two or three minutes to ask yourselves, who, who's puffing you? Who's pushing you? Who truly believes in you and can introduce you to those decision makers that you desperately need to connect with? As we wait for our guest, Jeff Whiteley, to join us, let me just uh, conclude the the Billy Graham story by saying that William Randolph Hearst never met Billy Graham. Billy Graham never met William Randolph Hearst. But the impact that he, that Billy Graham had had on William Randolph Hearst and his obvious son and family um, created history. So influence doesn't always have to be person to person, belly to belly. Influence can come from a radio program like this. It can come from a blog. It can come from an internet post. It can come from a podcast. It can come from a letter. You know, I'm broadcasting from my library here in my home in the mountains of Utah. It snowed last night. I bet we have 24 inches of snow in my front yard. And the sun is out. It's just a gorgeous day. And it's inspiring to just look out the window to realize that even though I'm sitting here in my library, I'm, I'm broadcasting throughout the world, way over 20 con- countries now, and we really can listen and learn about love and forgiveness and communication if we tune into the right programs and allow the right people to come into our lives. So as Jeff is, again, we just had to fix the phone systems just a little bit here, and he will be calling in a moment. Let me just um, take a risk and tell you about someone else that I met that has really influenced my life. His name is Muhammad Ali, and I also blogged about him. You can go on my website, danclark.com, and read the whole story if you'd like. I've actually written it up in a couple of my books 
But back in the day, 1988, I was in Berrien Springs, Michigan, speaking at St. Andrews University. And as I finished speaking to the student body, I was in the student union building doing a book signing. And two young men had walked by and I overheard their conversation that Muhammad Ali had been on campus handing out his Islamic literature. And I stopped dead in, 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 my, in my signature. I'm like, really, where's Muhammad? And they said, no big deal. He lives here. He comes to campus every single day. I calmed down. I finished my book signing. And then I said to the, 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 the student leaders who had brought me on campus, do you know where Muhammad Ali lives? And they said, yeah, he bought Al Capone's 88-acre ranch on the outskirts of town. I said, you own a camera? And they looked at me like, why? Are, are you going to go to his house? I'm like, yeah, if you'll drive me there. So four of us get into my, my friend's car, and we drive to Muhammad Ali's house. And when we pull up, it's a giant gate that's open. That doesn't say no trespassing. It says welcome. And it's a huge white southern mansion with white columns out in front, circular driveway. And I say to these three young college students, I said, are you coming? They're like, you're really going to go knock on the door? I'm like, yeah. And they said, no. So I walk up to the door. I knock on the door. His wife answers. And she says, may I help you? I said, yeah. Is Muhammad Muhammad in? And she says, well, yeah. May I tell him who's calling? I said, yeah, Dan Clark. She says, just a minute. She goes and gets him. Unbelievable. Within a minute, there's this six foot three, 225 pound, larger than life hero of mine filling his door casing. And he simply says, come on in, in his breathy voice. I was the state Golden Gloves boxing champion when I was in high school. He was my hero. And he invites me in. And for the next five hours, we watched his greatest fights on his big screen. He fed us, did a little magic. Remember, Parkinson's had not set in. This was 1988. And we had a magnificent conversation. Well, as we got ready to leave, he says, Danny, do you have any questions? And I said, yeah, champ, you're a three-time world champion, which means you were defeated twice. Why? You were beat by inferior opponents. Why? And obviously, he'd thought this through. He just said, you know what? It's because I got complacent. He said, what we have to remember as fighters and what we have to remember in life is that every single time a new fight begins, we no longer hold the title. Every time we climb in the ring of a boxing match, the ring of life, we no longer hold the title. We've put it up for grabs and we must become brilliant at the basics. We must get back to basics and fight as hard as we did the first time we won it to win it back. Let us not try to live off of our past laurels. Let us keep moving ahead with the belief that no matter what our past has been, we have a spotless future. I think that's a pretty good lead into Jeff Whiteley. He's my guest, and I can't wait for you to meet him. Because if you have any kind of a dream, if you have any kind of a sense of how you're going to make a difference and make your life matter by doing something that you're passionate about, that you absolutely love, Jeff Whiteley will help you understand that, yes, he did it, and you can too. Excellence in the community grew out of Jeff Whiteley's experience as a street musician in Paris. 
It brings the best musicians and dancers together to represent a powerful resource for enhancing communities. Think about what we're talking about here. The organization has performed more than 300 concerts since 2005, offering concerts free to the public that appeal to a wide range of age groups and diverse musical styles. Remember, music truly is the international language. It's what brings us together, songs written in the key of peace. Jeff also partnered with singer Lori Decker to create the acoustic sextech Lark and Spur. The performance includes guitar, mandolin, piano, accordion, upright bass, percussion, and a three-part harmony. Please, please invite your family and friends to join us and go back and demand this podcast on demand so you don't miss one word of my guest. Welcome to the show, Jeff. How the heck are you? Well, it's an honor to be here, Dan. Very grateful for the opportunity. Well, sorry we had a hassle with the phone lines, my gosh. So, sorry, uh, Yeah, I don't know what that was, but I'm here now and uh, delighted to be talking about this. No, I, pre- I appreciate you. As, as curiosity always takes over, tell us a little bit about where you grew up, and I want to know what, when you realized that you could change the world through music. Well, I, I was born in Palo Alto, California. My father was a World War II veteran, and he was on the GI Bill at Stanford, and he was from Oakley, Idaho. We moved back to Idaho, and then we ended up in Salt Lake. And I grew up in Salt Lake City, and I spent time in Montreal. And uh, cutting to the, the question you ask, um, we got really good as musicians, and we had a lot of opportunities when we were performing in France. And the discrepancy between uh, what was going on in France, which was kind of the snowball rolling down the hill, and then we kept coming back to Utah, and we thought, well, we can, if we can do that in Paris, if we can stop traffic in Paris, think what we can do in Utah. Um, but not much happened in Utah, and uh, things got pretty bleak. But then when I realized, and this was the life-changing moment, I, I realized the fact that we're not getting very far in Utah is not a problem, it's an opportunity. There's, there's fantastic talent resources in Utah, Larkin Spur was among them, um, that were essentially playing background music gigs, and our insight was uh, the musicians are undervalued, underestimated, and undervisible, and this is an opportunity because I know the musicians. I know the best musicians, and we can make our cities better by helping the community embrace and realize this historically rich and diverse and dazzling uh, resource of talent that Utah uh, will one day be known for. I love it. So, Montreal, and then you go to Paris because you speak French. Bonjour, comment ça va? Je suis très content d'être ici. Oui, je suis très content d'être ici. Vous parlez français aussi? Uh, un petit peu. Uh, my father and my brothers all speak fluent French. I understand it. You could talk to me for an hour and I'd understand it, but I could not communicate back, <laughs> except well, maybe through a good song. Let's talk, no, brother. Yes, that, that was pretty good. Uh, yes, I, um, when I graduated from college, um, 
I couldn't find a job, and I had a friend, a former student of mine, who was a photojournalist for Associated Press in Paris. And I said, okay, can I come and spend two weeks there? And he said, sure. When I got there, he said, I've got to go cover the World Cup in Argentina. Here are the keys. You can stay as long as you want. Oh, my gosh. So I had does a your, friend, does your friend have my phone number? That's a pretty good offer. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It was a great <laughs> job. Um, and he covered all kinds of things. But the point was, he was very rarely in Paris. And we had no money, but we had, I had the guitar. So wow. we went down into the metro tunnels and started singing. And... Uh, at first, at first, we were nervous, and no one throws money when you're nervous. And another big uh, education for my life was realizing I've got to put my back against the wall and deliver something that will stop these Parisians, or else I've got to go home. And How was, old were you? How old were you? Oh, I was, must have been uh, 23, 24. Wow. And, a, similar, uh, a similar path to Ed Sheeran, you know. Say that again? A, a similar path to Ed Sheeran. Yes, perhaps. And, and the interesting thing there was, the trick to that was figuring out my joy in performing had to be stronger than their indifference. Wow. And, Could you repeat that? Was, That's so profound. And uh, it was a wonderful education. No time You're- clock, no boss, and, uh, and then things started happening. Your joy had to be greater than their indifference. Right. Wow. Wow. And then um, I met a girl, so I'd, I'd go back and forth, and um, I met a girl in Utah with a, really a, a very lovely voice, and because of those experiences in Paris, I said to her, if you sing in the streets of Paris, something will happen. And I thought she would just acknowledge that, but she said uh, the wonderful uh, phrase, you know, let's go see. <laughs> so with, I was playing a, a Martin D35, a, a very strong acoustic guitar, a, a loud bass uh, sound, and she was playing the mandolin and two-part harmonies. And you know those metro tunnel, tunnels, as, uh, they're, they're, they're dirty and crowded, but they've got tile... Uh, on the on the walls, and they've got a vaulted ceiling. The acoustics are really quite remarkable. <laughs> and uh, she stopped traffic in Paris, and pretty soon we were on the radio, and pretty soon we were on television. And uh, it was an exciting time. Wow. So when did you start recording music? Well, um, that, that that's kind of where things get a little funny. Uh, we were, too, we were too young and too naive to understand what an opportunity looks like. And if I had a chance to speak to young people, I, I would, I would uh, give them a cautionary tale. Uh, to give them, just sketch out the, the profile of an opportunity and let them know that if a snowball is rolling downhill, stick with it. And if doors are opening in France but not in Utah, stay in France. But we were young and we would say things like, we'll be back. We'll come back. We kept going back and forth, but, it, but this is where excellence in the community came from. Uh, nothing happened in Utah. But we added other players. Uh, the group got better and better. And we played you know, innumerable 
uh, background music gigs, including things for the Utah Symphony, the governor of Utah. You know, we were regulars at the Stein Erickson Lodge, uh, regulars at the River Horse. Nothing ever happened. And that's where I, I started thinking there's something wrong here. In fact, an interesting story. Uh, we were playing at this really wonderful venue, and it was our favorite place to play. And I thought, we're doing a pretty good job. I ought to ask the manager for more money. And I went in there, and he said, oh, Whiteley, I'm glad you're here. I was going to ask you something. So, yeah, I, I was going to tell him, of course, that we wanted more money. He said, you know, there's a real problem with your group. And I said, oh, really? What is that? I thought we were doing pretty well. He said, uh, the people are not leaving. Not turning over the table. Oh, that's funny. And I was thinking, well, yes, isn't that great? We're turning your restaurant into a concert hall. But from his perspective, uh, there were fewer seatings, you know, fewer customers because the other, the, the earlier ones were not leaving; they were staying. And that's where we started thinking: what we got to do is we don't have celebrity always in Utah. It's not one of the big markets for music. And yet we have this historical drive for talent and uh, getting good at music and dance and theater and other artistic uh, endeavors. Uh, so we, st- we thought about how we could change the situation. And the first thought was take the, take the, take the jewels out of the sock drawer and, and put them uh, where the public can find them and turn the lights on and watch our community sparkle. <laughs> I love so it. We, uh, we put on our first concert in 2005. In fact, I didn't even ask for the money to do it. A businessman just heard my idea. And he said, uh, he called me a week later and said, um, look, here's $1,500 I want you to put on the concert. I said, okay, we can rent the hall, we can hire the musicians, but who will come? There's no money in there for, for marketing. He said the magic words, hey, hundreds of people come through our restaurant every week. Uh, we're going to help, and we're going to pack the place. So the first event sold out. Where was it? It was at Westminster College, <clears throat> Steve Gore Hall, 300 seats, and uh, uh, Larkin Spur uh, doing a Christmas concert, my own group. And it was exactly the effect that we had imagined. Uh, people were, uh, the, the comments afterwards were, uh, these are just direct quotes. I've lived in Utah all my life. I never knew we had musicians like this. And wow. another one, I just moved here from Boston. We had no idea Utah had music like this. And on down the line. Um, I went to the businessman to give back his money. Uh, and uh, he said, keep it, put on another concert. And that was over 530 concerts ago. I love it. So do you do cover songs? Do you do your own? Do you do a oh. mix of them? What's, what's your classic uh, play set? Yes. Larkin Spur is, um, has a very eclectic on, uh, repertoire. We cover, we cover songs. We do a lot of um, French songs. We do a lot of jazz songs. We do a lot of gypsy swing, a lot of uh, Broadway tunes. And... Uh, uh, the point there, we have different shows, but our, our most recent show is called An Evening in Paris. And it's we do the classic French cabaret songs from the 1950s and 60s, uh, Edith Piaf, Jacques Brel. Um, uh, from Mount Montre. From Montmartre, that sound. And then we add ballroom dancers. 
that's, uh, that's our most recent show. Uh, but uh, it's... Uh, it's a it's a very fun thing to be a musician. I understand you're a guitar player too. Yeah, that little that little uh, riff coming in and out of the show. That's me back in the day when my fingers actually moved. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a wonderful thing to be a musician, and uh, I, what what I'm trying to get to is the how exciting it has been to um, to watch the the alchemist's formula come true. And I think this is the story of your life, too. With mm-hmm. your um, injury, your dreams were um, rerouted. And great, great word. Yes, sir. And you built something on the ashes of those dreams that turned out to be a destiny you hadn't imagined. And out of the, in a, in a sense, out of the nothingness of being a musician in Utah, playing background music gigs and getting nowhere... I realize, and this is the point I was making earlier, this isn't a problem. This is an opportunity because the talent is here. And the communities are wonderful communities, and embracing that talent uh, only makes the communities richer and, and, and more interesting places. So, yes, sir. Uh, so, we started working so, with, with that dream, and uh, now we've got wonderful partners. And last year we did 119 concerts, I think, in 12 different Utah communities. My gosh, Jeff. Oh. Well, well, and they were, as they we were, were all uh, free. All as, free. And, uh, and the, the exciting thing that I want to tell everyone listening, Utah Talent is a fabulous resource for economic development, community development, uh, and also for uh, enhancing Utah's image in the eyes of uh, visitors. Uh, and we would, we would uh, argue for the concept of uh, music to match the mountains. The, the visitors generally know about the snow, the greatest snow on earth, and they know about mountain biking, and they know about the beautiful canyons, and all of the beautiful natural resources we enjoy. Uh, but they don't come here, many of them, knowing uh, that we've got fabulous musicians. Yes, sir. And, and well, we're trying to, go ahead. we're going to go to a break, and we're going to listen to one of your songs, but before we do to start setting that up, Jeff, I want to know, as, as our phone lines were kind of messed up, and... Obviously, this show originates out of Phoenix, Arizona, and I coordinate with my magnificent sound engineer and the, the, the total professionals there at Voice America. I decided to uh, set the tone before you came on on the phone uh, by sharing a story about Billy Graham and how he became an overnight success as a religious uh, leader international religious leader based on William Randolph Hearst's two-line memo to all of the editors of his chain of publications after he heard Billy Graham's sermon in L.A. in 1949. He simply said, Puff Graham, or in other words, Push Graham. As a songwriter, go back to Nashville. I did religiously about every five and a half weeks and a couple gold records in country music, so I've been back there a lot. And that's the, that's the line, that's the conversation behind closed doors of every musician, of every songwriter. Who's pushing Graham? Who's pushing Jeff Whiteley? So let us know how we can support you. I'm still curious about free concerts. I mean, just talking to you and anticipating having every one of my listeners listen to your magnificent music. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good price tag that we should drive 
to hear you, to support you, and buy a ticket. So please explain to me why you're still giving away free concerts, where you're going to be performing in the next little bit, and then we'll go to commercial break and come back and listen to one of your songs. Okay. Uh, I have time to address the question now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, we started out selling tickets, and... Uh, that was fine. We in the, in the and we're a, we're a 501c3. We have been excellent in the community since um, 2006, and up until 2012, we uh, derived 66 percent of our revenues from the ticket sales, the rest from donations. But uh, our the turning point for us was when we met with Talitha Day, manager of the Galavan Center in downtown Salt Lake City. A wonderful plaza with um, two uh, venues, indoors and out, for concerts. And she said, I want you to bring your concerts here. And we said, we'd love to. And then we had a meeting, and I was thinking, okay, so what are we going to set as the ticket price? She said, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, The tickets have to be free. We have a mandate from the city to offer a a certain percentage of our uh, time and our efforts uh, directed towards community concerts. And my heart sank, and I said, well, uh, that's great, but how are we going to cover the costs? We always pay the musicians. We have from the beginning. And um, she said the magic words, the idea is so good, we're going to roll up our sleeves and find the money. And so the model that we're pushing is uh, everybody give a little. The concerts, by being free, it means they don't depend on alcohol sales. And that means kids can come. And the fact that kids can come helps offset the, the uh, cutbacks for the arts in schools. And uh, it's an exciting... Oh, the other side to that is uh, apparently corporations and foundations uh, are very interested in the free model. Uh, it's an outreach and, a, and it's an invitation to everybody. And it's kind of a gift from the city, from the... Uh, the foundations and the sponsors reaching out to every walk of life, every demographic, and a big uh, welcome embrace to families with children. And we say, come and celebrate the accomplishments of Utah talent. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I got goosebumps, brother. Tears in my eyes. This is Dan Clark on voiceamerica.com, the Influencers Channel. My guest is superstar songwriter, recording artist, philanthropist, amazing human being, Jeff Whiteley. Let's go to commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back and hear one of his uh, favorite songs and uh, find out exactly where you're performing next and how we can get on your calendar to uh, maybe come back on my show, brother. We need to showcase your music more and more and especially uh, let us know. I want my listeners to know how to get in touch with you, how to join your tribe, and more importantly, how to download your music. Let's go to commercial break. We'll be right back with Jeff Whiteley. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. 
He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Hopefully you're not just joining me with my guest, Jeff Whiteley, but if you're an entrepreneur, if you have a passionate dream, if you want to figure out a way to take a risk and calculate that risk to make it come true, make sure you order this podcast on demand. Go back. Jeff, an amazing musician. His organization is called Excellence in the Community, and he's created a movement to promote music as a healer, as a, as a happy place, as a family event. Jeff, talk to us about this song we're about to hear. Give us the background of the song and why you decided to cover it. Um, this is called, if I, if I got it correct, the, the Touch of Your Lips, and this is a very simplified arrangement, uh, uh, upright bass, acoustic guitar, I'm playing the guitar. Lori, my wife, uh, is singing, and uh, Ray Smith the uh, woodwind wizard from the Brigham Young University School of Music Jazz Department is on the saxophone. And this is the kind of song that stopped traffic when we performed in Paris. I love it. So, Matt, my engineer, let's play this tune. Don't go anywhere. We're going to close out the show by talking back, revisiting Jeff and finding out exactly how we can support his amazing group, listen to his music, and join his tribe. Let's go with uh, with the song.
Jeff Whiteley, let's talk for a couple of minutes as we wind down our time. That was magnificent. That's your your beautiful wife, Lori, singing, eh? Wow. The consummate family, the consummate group. So tell us about excellence in the community. How do we find you? How do we support you? Where are you performing next? Oh, uh, great question. Um, excellence in the community is a 501c3. We do welcome sponsorships, uh, private contributions, um, uh, any involvement financially helps us. We have a great team of 10 people. And this is one of our secrets. Everybody at Excellence started working, and they worked for years for no pay. Just love of the game. And uh, it's a very nice way to start because it means people believe in what they're doing. Excellenceconcerts.org is the website. And in Utah, we have three concerts this week. Uh, tonight at the Egyptian Theater in Ogden, Hot House West doing Gypsy Swing, uh, led by Nathan Royal, 7 o'clock. Again, it's a free concert. Thursday night at the Gallivan Center, it's the Larry Jackstein Quintet with a 13-voice jazz um, vocal group, uh, the, La- the Lars Jorgensen Singers. And then Saturday night... And that night, will be inside, right? That's the yeah, indoor. <laughs> uh, uh, and Saturday night at the Viridian Center in West Jordan, it's the 23rd Army Band doing a big band swing dance. Oh, wow. Talk about versatility, brother. All right, so is there a website that we can go to? Excellenceconcerts.org. Okay, and And can we donate on that, that, or do we show up to one of your concerts and you pass the plate? Yes, uh, no, uh, you can donate there, and um, the... The bulk of our money comes in from private foundations, corporations, and city governments have started to figure out that what we're doing is good for the community. And I tell civic leaders, uh, Utah talent uh, is a huge resource, and it's, it's very inexpensive. Our proposal is very modest. I we did 119 it. concerts last year, and we raised about $500,000. Wow. Wow. And... Uh, and again, this is what I, I really love, Dan, is the story is similar to your story. When nothing was working for me, I couldn't find a job, I put my back against the wall in the Montparnasse metro station and started singing. Hmm, and out I of thin that. air, people threw money. 
And then back in Utah, when nothing was working for me, I realized it's not Lark and Spur that has failed. It's, we're good. We've got a great show. It's that the community, the structures in the community are not set up for uh, recognizing the top-level achievement, and the, the, the majority of the gigs used to be background music gigs. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is your story, too. This is the story of seeing what isn't there and using that vacuum, so to speak, to pull into being something that never existed before, but, but needed to come into existence. Absolutely, and allowing music to take our hearts to a place our minds can never go. Exactly, and, and that's the point. The world is getting darker in many, many areas, and we're trying to bring light and bring joy and bring that shared communion. When we were on the French Riviera, uh, uh, the saxophone player was talking to the audience, and I was translating. He said, you don't speak my language, I don't speak yours, but we're going to play these songs and all of us will feel the same thing. Oh, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Jeff Whiteley, his organization is called Excellence in the Community. And although I live in Utah and you live in Utah and it sounds like we're selfish in keeping you here as often as we can to hear your music and feel your music, You are an international presence on behalf of every one of my listeners. We love you, Jeff. We support you. And I can't wait to have you back on my show. And yes, I will introduce myself to you in one of your concerts. I have to fly out this week, but next week I will track you all down. And I can't wait to meet Belly to Belly. You've inspired me today, brother. It's a real privilege to talk with you. And um, we are very grateful to have this platform to talk about what we're doing. Well, we love you, and we will have you back, Jeff. Thanks so much. You have a great day. This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. You can join my tribe at DanClark.com, my website, and a lot of interesting and exciting things happening in my life and my career in the same heart set and mindset of Jeff Whiteley, where we're just trying to change the world one story at a time and uh, help people transform our lives together from successful to significance so we don't die with our music still in us. Until next time, I love you. Remember our military troops in your prayers, and God bless America. Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success.